the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I'd rather be at Red Lobster eating lobster with my friends than eating the finest seafood in the world at the White House. You see what Kevin McCarthy did? Kevin McCarthy, boy, oh, boy, this guy, career politician. All he wants is power. All he likes is the game. And what's the big payoff? The speakership, a lot of perks, a lot of cars, a lot of offices, a lot of attention, a lot of fame, and ultimately a lot of money. And going to silly parties at the White House, wearing a tuxedo, and sitting two tables over from Hunter Biden, Kevin McCarthy, still the minority leader of the House of Representatives, went to the state dinner last night for Emmanuel Macron. I think this is probably the first time he's uh, met President Biden, is it? Well, it's Greg. It's important that they learn how to work together. Shut up. The whole damn system is supposed to be adversarial. All right? That's the way the system works. I'm going to schmooze behind the scenes. No. we got to prove to the world that Joe Biden is totally and completely compromised. A sellout to the communists. And must be impeached. Maybe. Maybe be impeached. I think there's something there. But I think he would have been better off, Kevin McCarthy, staying home last night, maybe uh, brainstorming or at least practicing or going over their notes with Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, and a couple of other of those guys. No, he put on a tuxedo and he went to the White House. Oh, I just, these guys, these guys, power, prestige, the game. Kevin McCarthy's been playing this game since, uh, well, his entire life. His entire life. He's a career politician. He's the guy who walked uh, down to the congressman's office when he was 20 years old for an internship and never left politics. He's been doing this. He's not much of a, he's not much of a thinker. He's not much of an intellect. He's not very particularly eloquent. He's uh, not original. He's, he's just a pal. He's just a politician. And the founding fathers really had no interest. The whole system was designed, I believe, my sense, my strong sense is citizen statesmen. Do something in the real world, serve for a little while, and then get back to the real world. Uh, I just couldn't believe it. There he is with his wife going to a dinner at the White House. Now, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, there was a time where that counted or that meant something. But uh, these are not those times. Isn't that something? This is a guy who, by the way, said Trump should resign after January 6th. Trump had two weeks in office, and Kevin McCarthy said he should resign. Uh, I, I'm not a Kevin McCarthy fan. I just, no way. And the way I understand the rules of the House of Representatives, and I am no expert, but the House, they can elect anybody. They can elect anybody they want to be the House, uh, the House Speaker. Doesn't he have, he have to be a member of the House of Representatives? Hey, another reason why I've got beef with Kevin McCarthy, he left a friend of mine on the battlefield, J.R. Majewski. J.R. Majewski, a, uh, a nuclear energy expert from Ohio, military veteran, had the nerve, had the braveness, had the boldness, had the dedication, the patriotism to put his foot forward and throw his hat in the ring. He ran for Congress in Ohio against a four-decade incumbent Democrat who was vulnerable vulnerable and uh, the fake news did a hit job on Majewski I saw the story they totally totally lied about him and also they just 
they created this this aura. Oh boy, he's uh, he was a veteran, but uh, stolen valor. He claimed that he no 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 nothing like that, nothing at all like that. But Kevin McCarthy doesn't know any better because he's just a. Uh, oh, just look at him. He's a shallow guy from California. Uh, politics, poly- he's not particularly smart. I don't think he's even that sophisticated, that savvy. And he was intimidated by the Associated Press. Never served in the military. Nobody in his little posse served in the military either. So they looked at this Associated Press story, looked at the headline, they panicked, and they did not give him any money. Any money. They got the Republican Congressional Campaign Committee. That stuff, they got millions, tens of millions of dollars, and they didn't give Majewski any money, and he needed it. He needed it. He'd be a House of Representatives. And who knows how many times this happened where where uh, Kevin got scared or got nervous or got intimidated by the fake news and didn't put the money where he should have been. That was the most incredibly weak performance, right? We're barely, barely, barely hanging on to the majority. The first guy who needs to get jettisoned. And it looks like to me he's really good and ready to be jettisoned. He's already got his tuxedo ready. You can go right over to, what's the street where all the ho- lobbyists ha- hang around? L Street, M Street, K Street, K Street, K Street, K Street. He'll make, um, that's a good question. How much is that? I think he'll make at least a million dollars. At least one mil- seven figures. <sighs> wow. What a disappointment. I see Hunter Biden went in the back door. Oh, and they had lobster. That's fine. Lobster's not, you know, not lo- lobster is not the extravagant dish it once was. Not at all, but um, apparently the uh, Democrats have really let down the good lobster men of Maine. There's some sort of federal law and rule that uh, the lobster, it's really working against the lobstermen, and then they added even more regulation. It's one of the reasons why Donald Trump had a lobster man speak at the Republican National Convention in 2020. That was the most magnificent convention, by the way, as far as just... Uh, Political politics and, and theater and, and showcasing ideas. They didn't do it through a bunch of, uh, you know, assemblymen this, uh, congressmen that. It was real people. Never seen anything like it. I, I, people pull that. They try it. And they often get actors to portray real people. But the RNC in 2020 actually had real people. That was such a winning convention. That was a beautiful, beautiful thing. And, yes, I still have great – and they're getting – they're getting deeper. My thoughts and doubts about the 2020 election, 74 million votes for Donald Trump, more than any sitting president. And basement Bob, Joe Biden, gets 81 million. All right. No, 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 no. All right. So people are giving me a hard time a little bit because why? I'm like, all right, we, <laughs> I think it's obvious that Kanye West has a major, major health issue, mental health issue. Pointed it out on the show last night and yesterday. Uh, they went forward with a bipolar diagnosis, went public with a bipolar diagnosis back in February of uh, this year. Remember, Kim Kardashian came forward and said, oh, we need, you know, he needs help. He needs compassion. So it's too easy to condemn him. Yes, he's saying horrible, horrible things that should not be said. But he's sick. Those things that are he's saying, that's the symptom of the illness. I do believe and aren't we supposed to, what, how does it go again? We love, uh, we hate the sin, we love the sinner. Mike Pence, though, no, he's just, he just, no, 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 no. He must not have a seat at the table. Never again. Nobody, nobody, no, no. And now Donald Trump can never be welcomed back because he, he, uh, 
had a coffee with he had a cup of coffee with Kanye West and Kanye West it, somebody has to you could have called the you could have called 911 last night as he had that great big he had that great big hat on or no he had a scarf or a ski mask a, a sock over his head Kanye West did uh pretty sad pretty sad hey you know what else is really sad right now the royals are here uh what's what's who's the older one William William and Kate seem like nice people seem like uh well they're very dignified and they do the they they're doing what they should do I like it I like it I like it I like it they're okay uh, meanwhile you've got uh, uh, Prince Harry and that annoying ultra annoying wife of his Meg running around the world pointing their fingers everything is racist especially their family yeah the white the it's true that they, they, they gave Harry and Meghan an award for fighting structural racism in the royal family. Can the royal family help it that they're all white? Is that really? I mean, just is that uh, that structural racism? Are, do you come from an all white family? Is it structurally racist? Do you come from an all black family? Are you structurally racist? Only the Kennedys could come up with an award like this. And uh, oh, by the way. Talk about somebody who's not deserving uh, uh, any kind of enlightenment award for fighting race or racial uh, discrimination. Prince Harry has been seen in public a million times wearing a swastika as a whether it was a joke or an endorsement. He would show up at parties wearing I'm not kidding, a Nazi outfit. With the swastika on the sleeve and the SS on the collars. Yeah, he did that as an adult, by the way. And then later, he was uh, heard using awful, horrible, racist terms to refer to people from Pakistan, and it was a major, major story. Now he's in that he's in Pakistan, and he's he's just calling all he's using these bad words, talking about all the people who live there. Um, and it was a major deal. It was like you know, there was an inquiry investigating his racism. Uh, isn't it amazing? Nobody remembers anything. Nobody remembers a damn thing except me. Uh, you guys should check out my Twitter. There's a reason why it's one of the hottest in the country right now. Everyone is, ooh, they're kind of upset with what I said about the. Uh, you can't take too much. I, I, I don't, by the way. It's not a big deal. You say something on Twitter. Ooh, look at me. I said something on Twitter. It's the easiest thing in the world to do. All right? It's fun. I will grant you that. I'm not going to say their names, but I'm getting really sick of the story of the, the, the two anchors at Good Morning America who are hooking up. Now I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the whole thing was a stunt just to get them recognized. Uh, nobody knows who they are. Nobody but nobody knows who they are. It's the third or fourth hour of the Good Morning America show. And they're terrible anchors. They are ter- It's kind of fascinating to watch. The other day he introduced uh, Pam Greer. And I should play you the intro. I will in a moment. He, Pam Greer. Now, do you know who Pam Greer is? If you're of a certain age, you probably have an idea who Pam Greer is. Maybe. The only movie I know her from is, what is that movie? Uh, Jackie Brown, right? With Quentin Tarantino. But it's like they start giving her nicknames and they, they, they don't introduce the person. Everyone's confused. I think she has a new podcast. And like, so what made you take this podcast? It was just, it was not designed for the audience. It was designed for them. And a lot of people in media are like that. They just, they, they love being comfortable and they love proximity to celebrity. 
being close to celebrity. That's what drives them more than anything. That's what drives a good chunk of society, actually, except us. I mean, it is pretty wild how the elites, they totally detest. They revile Donald Trump. They they find him just abhorrent, his presence, everything about him. Yet they totally embrace Harry and Meghan, who have destroyed, by my count, two families and the extended royal family. And one of them, at least, is an out-and-out racist. You know, it's one thing to have a cup of coffee with Kanye West. Until eight seconds ago, he was the most popular performer in the universe. Okay? Donald Trump has a cup of coffee. Whereas Harry is seen wearing a swastika and saying horrible, anti-Muslim, using anti-Muslim epithets. Overseas, he did. You can look it up. It's all over the place. You can look at my Twitter, at Greg Kelly USA. And who do you think gets the anti-racism award, huh? Donald Trump, who did more to make this this country and this world peaceful and prosperous, then who's the last guy who made that kind of contribution on that scale? You'd have to go way back. Reagan, maybe? Ra- maybe? Maybe. Uh, what a bizarro place. Hey, and I don't know. I'm telling you right now, we're going to probably lose 2024. We're going to lose 2024. Not because our candidates aren't good or the issues aren't on our side, but more it becomes just so apparent that this system is rigged and there's a, there's a certain permanence about it that has me really concerned. Now, we do have a chance. There is a chance, but it's getting smaller and smaller. But we got to start moving fast in a big way. And I know that Kevin... Ain't the man to do that. I'll be back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Can I give them a hard time without mentioning their names? Because the least interesting thing about them is that they're hooking up two anchors on uh, Channel 7. Who cares, right? The hooking up part. But now I'm starting to think that it's all orchestrated to get them attention. And now that they got attention, well, I'm looking at them and I'm not impressed. The thing that these people have going for them, these two uh, anchors, is they look great in clothes, but they're not very good at anything else. And now and tell me if I'm nitpicking here about uh, how this guy introduces the story. Kevin, did you get those two clips? I just sent them to you. You ready to go? Oh, okay, good. Um, all right. So this is uh, is it is it is it kind of ridiculous? Well, it's on the front page of the New York Post. If you want to know the guy's name, I'm not going to add to the. All right, T.J. Holmes. Anyway, here he is introducing a story on uh, Good Morning America, the third hour. Hit it. Welcome back to GMA3, everybody. And recently we had Foxy in the building. I am talking about Foxy Brown, actress Pam Grier, who, of course, played that iconic role. She's had a career that spanned some five decades. We seem to know so much about her life and her career, but she's sharing even more about it in an all-new podcast by TCM. It's called The Plot Thickens, and Robach and I got a chance to catch up with her. Stop. <laughs> All right, how much of that did you catch? 
I heard that uh, somebody's in the building. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Pam Greer. We know so much about her. I don't know a damn thing about her. How about telling me? Who the hell are we about to interview? What's going on? I just, what? What? You know so much about her, so I don't have to say anything. And by the way, in the interview, they don't say anything. It's like the most weird inside. Oh, aren't, aren't we all cool? We're all fun. We're all, uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. And then, all right. Now you tell me if you can figure out what the hell this story is about. Okay. Here he is, a GMA three. Again, he's in the news today because I guess he's got a girlfriend. I will say this again. I don't think it's really anybody's business, but his and theirs. So, uh, forget about that. Forget about all that stuff. I'm just talking about network television in general and how many of these people, they just show up wearing great suits and they think that's half the bad. That's it. There's a reason why they have to pull a crazy publicity stunt for people to know who they are because they sure aren't tuning in for the content. Uh, listen to this one, please. I think this is a, well, I don't know what it is. It's a story about something or other. You tell me if you can kind of figure it out. Go ahead. Welcome back to GMA3, everybody. And this is the last day of Native American Heritage Month. And now we're taking a closer look at a major Supreme Court case that involves Native children. For years, the Indian Child Welfare Act has been the law. And it's meant to keep Native kids connected to their tribes. But now all of that could be on the line. Our Devin Dwyer is following this story for us and joins us now. Hey there, Devin. All right, all right. So all of that may be on the line. What? <laughs> what? I heard something about Native Americans in the Supreme Court. What? Was that a town, he said? I got to hear it one more time. You know what I mean? You see, It's like the introduction, believe it or not, is incredibly important. And you got to, I think broadcasting is about broadcasting, all right? Not talking to your friends and not letting your friends just admire you in your fancy suit. Now I'm going to, oh, there's the music. All right, enough about that anyway. Your calls. What's our number again, Kevin, please? All right. Did you just say that on the radio? Oh. <laughs> 1-800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Thank you. Uh, very good. And uh, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I told you this was going to happen. Eric Still kicking cracker ass at the NYPD. Three longtime NYPD chiefs and a civilian deputy commissioner will be retiring at the end of 2022. They're all gone, and they all happen to be white. Coincidence? I mean, I'm, I don't know. I think that uh, Eric Adams has a problem with white people, um, especially white police officers. And I think he has a real chip on his shoulder about the police department in general. We have that crack his ass comment. I mean, how can he live that one down, right? Well, he does. The media gives him a pass. Oh, I don't. This is a hate crime. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers ass, man. I was unbelievable. I was unbelievable. Uh, let's see. Pamela in central New Jersey. Welcome to the program. Hi. Oh, hi. Um, yeah, um, Kevin McCarthy is the same as McConnell. Uh, Andy Biggs is the one we want in there. I've been following him for two years. Now, I don't know anything about Biggs. I do know this. Mark Levin, who I like a lot, I try to listen to him at least once a week. 
uh, he has, he's on McCarthy's side and he doesn't like Biggs. I don't get it. What's the problem? Anyway, what's so good about Biggs? I don't really care as long as it's not McCarthy. I mean, I guess I should care. I do care. I just don't want McCarthy. I want somebody else. Now, what's up with Biggs? It might have to do with, uh, well, anyway, I, I like him. He's, he's one of five that put in impeachment papers, which was very brave. Very brave. Right at the, the get-go. Two from Texas, Marjorie Taylor Greene, one from Ohio, who was forced out to retire, and Andy Biggs. I've been following him for two years. Um, he, he's, he's a good guy. Um, all right. Anybody else? Uh, well, Andy Biggs is running for it. He wants it. So that's why, you know, and he was brave enough to put, and he's been brave on a lot of things. I mean, brave Martin enough. Is, wait, wait, wait. It's not that brave to put in papers to impeach somebody. I mean, it's just filing paperwork. It's not that brave. Yes, it is. Because I don't I've think it's that brave. I've called other other Congress people and asked them why aren't they aren't impeaching, and they get nasty and they hang up on you. You get through to the congressman? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got ties to Tennessee, so I call East Tennessee a lot. And, uh, oh, yeah, they get uppity. If you, you, ever if call you, ask, you ever call Lamar Alexander? Lamar Alexander? He's from Tennessee, right? He's the senator there. Used to be. Well, anything west of East Tennessee, is, is uh, a lot of it is blue. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's very blue. Like Memphis has got the worst crime rate in the world. All right, Andy Biggs. We'll take a look at him. Um, he wears an American flag tie, a necktie. He often wears an American flag for a necktie. Andy Biggs. Uh, I don't know. What about what about Jim Jordan? What about Matt Gates? What about Lee Zeldin? Somebody like that? I don't know. I don't know if Andy. He's from what they call the Freedom Caucus. I'll tell you what. It ain't going to be him. You know why? Because they'll have to. All the people who are on McCarthy's side are not going to go for somebody like this. It's going to have to be a dark horse. It's going to be have to be somebody else. Does that make sense? I don't think it's going to be Biggs. I may like him. You may like him, but it's not going to be him. He's got it. He's got to market himself more. He is a dark horse. Where the hell is he, he going to market himself? I mean, there are only so many places, and it's only so many people he's got to market himself to. Two hundred or so in the in the house. All right, we'll see. Andy Biggs. Wait, wait, one more thing about him. I want to see. Where's he from? Arizona, Texas. Where'd you Maricopa. say he's from? Where's he from? Maricopa, Maricopa, Arizona. That oh, area. Yeah, right. And by the way, it looks to me like they basically sabotaged election day. They sabotaged election day. And uh, let's see, 64 years old. Uh, hmm. Ooh, he's got a little bit of that career politician going in him. He's been in. He's been at this for a long time, but uh, that's okay. He's a lawyer. 64 years old. Um. All right. All right. You like him? And he's total Trump. He did not throw Trump under the bus. All right. Good enough for me. We'll see. Thank you, Pamela, very, very much. And let's do another one. Kennedy in the Bronx. Hello. Yes, how you doing? Yeah, Greg. Uh, yeah, so just wanted to run this by you. Uh, Is that your first Abraham? name or your last name, or what's up with that, Kennedy? First name, my mother's last name, and uh, I got it. <laughs> your first anyway. name, wait, your your mother's last name was, uh, your mother's maiden name was Kennedy, so they named you Kennedy? Yeah. And do you go by Ken or Kenneth or Kennedy? Kennedy. It's kind of a cool name, actually. Anyway, all right, what's on your mind? Anyway, uh, Alexander, uh, no, Abraham Petrovich uh, Gannibal was uh, an, an exotic slave child, they said, given to the Turks to Peter the Great, the first. What? And uh, he fathered uh, children, 
and uh, they actually are related to Prince Philip and what Prince the Harry and Prince William. Ah, uh, and I what? Uh, who? You said the first. You said before that you know uh, the, uh, the royal family was all white. Yeah, they're really not. They're actually mixed. Oh it's, well, any family. Know. I mean, I was speaking. That was uh, you know for effect. If you I, like, I showed last night on the show. They're all white, all right. You look at them; they're all white. Now oh, you're, t- you. you know, and, and and the idea that there's structural racism within that family, and they're giving an award. By the way, just a distant relation of yours is giving an award. The Kennedy, uh, the Robert F. Kennedy people are giving an award for fighting structural racism in a family. You got to admit that's pretty absurd. Greg, one more. My grandfather. Was Do you admit that's absurd? That's absurd. That's totally absurd. And I don't understand who's this guy that you say is related to Prince Philip. Abraham Petrovich Ganevil. He was a general in the Roman in the in, in the Russian army. Sound, and, well, uh, okay. I mean, uh, he's Caucasian, right? No. Was, sure about uh, that? He was a black man. He was a black man. What? When? Who? When? I don't know, man. This is very yeah. complicated. Kennedy, what's the other? What's the other point you wanted to make? No, that that was that was. Oh, my grandfather was actually De Valera's bodyguard. Who? Michael Kennedy, the Raja. What? Eamon De, Eamon De Valera. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks. Um. All right. Good night. All right. Um. Are you punking me, uh, Maria in Morganville. Hello. Hello. Yes. Hi, Greg. So happy to talk to you. I love your show. So I just want to get right to it about Trump. I think that all Trump has to do is number one, remind everybody of how great it was when he was president. How everybody's 401k, the border, you go on. The list is great. Just remind everyone of how good things were and how he and only he can do it again. That's number one. Number two is, as far as DeSantis is concerned, love the guy, but I think he's a man of his word. He was elected to be governor again with a big majority this time, and he's going to do it for four years. He's going to keep his word to the to the people of Florida. Well, if you look closely at everything he said, I don't know if he ever actually made that promise. I don't know if he formally, explicitly made that promise, number one. And number two, I like what you're saying. Yeah, Trump really sold what happened with the the, the substance of his uh, first term there. I think that could work. But, you know, they're going to sabotage him all over again. Look, I want him to be president. I think he can pull it off somehow, some way. I do. I really do. I just... uh uh, the talk right now is so much like 2015. Oh, no chance. No chance. Uh, just like 2015. Just like when he started. Just like when he came down that escalator. Maria, tell me a little bit about yourself. What do you do? Oh, okay. I work for a finance company. And I am going to retire hopefully soon. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, but uh, I did want to also say that yeah. I think DeSantis definitely... He will run for president someday, but he's going to be the governor for the next four years. He's going to keep his word. Wait a second, Maria, Maria, I'll say it again. He never promised that. You keep saying he's going to keep his word. They asked him point blank, and he would – it was so conspicuous, he would dodge the question. He would not commit for four more years. you got to remember that. He and that's one of the things. He's a career politician. Remember, he is a career politician. This guy's been he's been thinking about being president since the fourth grade. I I like him someday, but I'm just telling you this whole thing about the word that you keep talking about. He never made that pledge. 
might have been implied, may have been implicit, may have been, but he never said it. And that's conspicuous. I noticed that. And you should, too. Okay, Maria? He could worm his way out of it like that. Right. I just hope that he he's true to the, the office he has and he doesn't try to squirm out of it to run for president. And number three, they said Trump couldn't do it in 2016. All the rhinos. Yes, I know. He couldn't do it. I know. He's going to do it again. All and right. They're going to be look like fools. Yeah, I know. I think it'll be very, very glorious, too. I do. It's uh, it's going to be wild. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. People have to have more fun, including me, by the way. I can just I can take things very seriously and very personally and I can brood and I can get mad and I can just I got to I got to lighten up a little bit. Uh, And I think that goes for a lot of us. Thank you very much. Uh, What was the other thing? Uh, All right. I played you the two clips of that guy. Very strange. Um, Oh, one other thing about Prince Harry. People are I'm getting emails. Prince Harry is not a racist. Oh, yeah. Uh, the whole world was actually freaked out by his antics. Listen to this. Cut 20, please. The fallout over Prince Harry's Nazi costume now has 25 European countries considering a total ban on all Nazi symbols. The scandal erupted last week over photos of Prince Harry, third in line to the British throne, wearing a Nazi outfit at a costume party. That was in 2005. How many times have you done that? Have you ever, I've never done that. There's, how many people live in in the world? Eight billion people. Eight billion people. And the Kennedys, this is the guy they give the anti-racism award to. Not only did he wear that uniform, I, he was uh, he was in Pakistan calling all the Pakistanis Pakis, which is a very bad thing to do in that culture. Very, very bad. Um, very, very awful language when directed like that in a hateful way. You know, when I look back at all this stuff, oh, here's another clip. You know, he used to grope women. I mean, really inappropriately in public, just be right out there. I'm not saying the women didn't want to be uh, touched by him, but, you know, cavorting in a pool. I know what goes in Vegas stays in Vegas, but uh, really? Cut 21. Now, a fairy tale romance with Prince Harry of Wales, a.k.a. a Harry situation. Prince Harry? was in Sin City this weekend. It happened in Vegas. Britain's Prince Harry photographed here in the nude after a reported game of strip pool in Las Vegas this past weekend. Well, you can play strip pool if you want, um, but you probably should do it at a friend's house where they have an indoor pool. You can't do it at the hotel pool, right? You can't. Uh, All right, so you got that. You got the other thing with the, uh, what was it again? Oh, yeah, the Nazi swastika on his shirt. He's he's calling Pakistani people very bad names. So there's a pretty thick dossier of racially, let's call it racially and ethnically insensitive stuff. Okay, we're going to be generous here. And he turns around and he marries this uh, racial justice activist, pain in the neck, annoying Meghan Markle. Broke up her own family in California. Broke up her first marriage. Now is screwing with everybody, trying to even tear Kate and William apart. Uh, Bad news, bad news. And then Prince Harry. I mean, you just heard what he did, right? And he comes to the United Nations of all people. You know, the same elite core. They despise President Trump, yet they embrace this guy. And he takes it and he runs with it. He goes to the United Nations. This is him. The United Nations. Pointing his finger at us, America, cut 22. The few weaponizing lies and disinformation at the expense of the many. And from the horrific war in Ukraine 
to the rolling back of constitutional rights here in the United States, we are witnessing a global assault on democracy and freedom. A global assault. Guys watching too much Rachel Maddow as far as he was talking about the Georgia voting law, by the way. And uh, people are upset, some that I say, uh, let's cut Kanye a break. And why do I say that? I say that he's obviously mentally ill. This has got to stop. Kim Kardashian said almost a year ago, please, he needs compassion and he needs support and he needs treatment. Now, or we can just keep watching this spectacle and keep kind of provoking him. I obviously we all condemn anti-Semitism. But this guy, I don't think he even knows what the hell he's saying anymore. I mean, that person who sat on the Alex Jones show with a great big black sock over his head is in debt. They should bring him to the to, to the emergency room at Bellevue, the Bellevue psychiatric thing. I don't mean that in a pejorative slang kind of way. This guy needs what do we want to what are we going to do? Wait for a suicide? Be surprised. You'd be surprised how few people out there, you know, they're just, oh, I no, we can't. We cannot even for a moment be seen. No, you can actually condemn the sin and embrace the sinner. Hey, it's something that we need to remind. uh, What's his name? Mike Pence about that. Oh, Mike Pence. I mean, talk about I love the Bible. I love talking about my experience with God. I I love I love it all. But lately I sense that uh, he's using it as a credential. Somehow it's to elevate him in the eyes of the world or in the eyes of the Republican Party or elevates him over Donald Trump. There's something very political about the way Mike Pence has framed his faith. Is that fair? I think that's very fair. Uh, Jack, he's in New Jersey. Yes. Hello, Greg. How are you? Good. I'm a big fan of yours. I think you're intelligent and entertaining. What's the problem? There's no problem. I love you. I just want to disagree a bit. Yeah, I knew there was a problem. All right. Keep going. uh, Everybody should be able to disagree. That's right. right. That's right. That's right. But you can just you don't have to preface it. Here's my new strategy, by the way. When somebody says to me, what do you think about so-and-so? Who do you, what, what are your thoughts on this guy? And you know what I do? Uh, I lead with the criticism. I usually lead with the criticism because I noticed if I praise them first, I was just giving myself permission to criticize. That, you know, what I do is I lead with the criticism, and it's always hopefully helpful and constructive. It's not bitter or malicious. And then I get to the the genuine things that I like about the person. And then sometimes I just say, it's none of your business. Get lost. Sometimes I don't tell them anything. All right, Jack. Sorry. So what's up? I hear you. No, that's all right. No, I just think uh, it, the excuse that he's not healthy is really not an excuse on what he's saying. A lot of people are not healthy. He's not saying anything against black people because he's not healthy, right? He has a specific agenda against a certain specific uh, people, the Jewish people, is the anti-Semite. Is a Yiddish saying, I'm going to translate it in English, what a sober person has on his lung, the drunk person has on his tongue. <laughs> so when a drunk person says something hateful, is that an excuse because he's drunk, or it's only showing what's inside of him? No, I, you, got, you, you raise an excellent point, and I'm reminded of um, Mel Gibson 
Mel Gibson actually made a fantastic movie, but you may remember, I don't know when it was, 15 years ago or so, he's pulled over on the side of the road, and he's drunk. They pull him over for drunk driving, and he's saying horrible things about Jews, and he's just going crazy. And there was this momentary debate about, well, you know, he's drunk, so, you know, isn't that, doesn't that, that, that absolves him? And they went to a psychiatrist, a prominent psychiatrist who knows about, you know, the subconscious and the conscious and what, and, uh, they said, so where do you think these anti-Semitic remarks, you know, where do they come from regarding Mel Gibson? And the psychiatrist thought for a moment, he goes, his mouth. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's to your point, Jack. Uh, look, he may be an anti-Semite. All right. I hate to say this. He ain't the only one. I wish he was. There are a lot of them out there. Uh, it's terrible and it should be condemned. But I also think that uh, people like that, people like Kanye, I mean, this guy does need help. Don't you think, hey, you know who I heard from today? Mark Wahlberg. And you know what he said? No one's beyond redemption. Do you believe that, Jack? I do. I do. But until he comes out in public and apologizes and said, I, I repent of my past, then he, he, he's not trying to be redeemed. Well, I think he's just, uh, you know what this also could be? You ever hear the phrase suicide by cop? You know, where you, you do something to draw fire on purpose? They okay. used to, the, the, the suicide by cop. This guy is like trying to cancel himself. Now, what is the most awful thing I can say right now that will get me immediately canceled? And that's what he's doing. You know? So anyway, look, I got to run, Jack. It's an interesting point. It's thought-provoking as well. I appreciate it. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, I thought it was, uh, oh, we're out of time. It's Friday. I'm all discombobulated. Oh, well. Hey, who's the new girl? I heard we hired somebody in uh, sales who's going to come in and audit the show with notes and stuff like that. She's supposed to be an expert on this kind of stuff. Do uh, you know anything about her, Kevin? I don't know nothing. Uh, didn't they tell you that we're getting a visitor? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they just weren't specific as to you know anything else. I don't. I feel like I'm being audited, and I don't like that. Um, anything else? I mean, um, did you agree? Why did they tell you? Uh, I mean, I'm in the studio, so I kind of have to know who's in here and who's not in here. So I mean, but they gave you a heads up that someone's coming. Yeah. Is it like just her? Is it a bunch of people or what? From my understanding, I think it's just her. I think it's just her. You got to watch out for these consultants, you know, because they come in and it's like. They got to say something. They can't just say everything's great. No, they got to say something, you know, so they're not just worried about, you know, everyone wants the company to do better, but the company is made up of individuals. I'll, I'm going to get to the bottom of this and see what the hell's going on, and then we'll think about letting her in. How does that sound? Okay. All right. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Barack Obama is, uh, he made it. He made it. He's a billionaire now. Uh, financials, yes, he is a billionaire. He is worth over a, somewhere north of $1 billion. That would make him, I believe, the second richest president, no, the third richest, uh, John F. Kennedy, Trump, and uh, Barack Obama. Uh, but unlike John F. Kennedy and Trump, Barack Obama went from, <laughs> uh, he actually was in student debt, uh, the year he was elected president. He was still in debt. He still has paying college loans. And here he is, a billionaire. 
a billionaire. Thanks to uh, thanks to us. Thanks to the America. Shouldn't we get a cut of that? Aren't we like his agents or something like that? Uh, oh, gosh, it's amazing. Just amazing. He spent two years in the United States Senate before he started running for president. And so, by the way, his life story, I think, is um, is is kind of critical because that's all he had to offer his life story. So it's OK to go to every little aspect of his life story, every little weird corner Every little unexamined part, one of those parts is what the hell happened at Occidental College. Nobody ever talks about that uh, time of his life, but he spent uh, two years at Occidental. And then he spent two more years, mysterious years, here in New York City at Columbia University. I'm always told what a hotshot student he was. Uh, What about his transcripts? Does it matter anymore? Yeah, actually it does. Because he's making money that we we essentially gave him that opportunity. I think we deserve a cut. I think we deserve a cut. And here he is. You know, this is what happens when you're high on your own supply, okay? When you get a little bit too stuck on yourself, you get too comfortable, and you start saying things, and you start feeling really good, and here he is. This is a, He's campaigning for Raphael Warnock. And listen to what he says about Joe Biden, huh? I mean, you, you tell me who he's talking about. He's, he's cracking a joke. Uh, here we go. Hit it. I know some folks in our lives who we don't wish them ill will they say crazy stuff we're all like well you know uncle joe you know what happened to him you know it's okay they're part of the family but you don't give them serious responsibilities you get that uncle joe uncle joe everybody's got an uncle joe you don't give him serious responsibilities. See how he like kind of turns on the the hood talk, right? How he he changes it from. I've seen white people do this too. Hillary suddenly sounds like she uh, uh, grew up in a biracial family when she uh, shows up at at certain occasions, certain venues. What a phony! That's one of the things that Trump would not do. You can watch him. He does not modulate. He does not conform. Uh, with the superficial things, you know, the superficial, silly things. People can see right through that. Democrats do it all the time. Now, one more. T- he's talking about, he says, everybody, Uncle Joe, Uncle Joe. If people lose uh, one more time, please. If you don't mind, I want to hear what some folks in our lives who we don't wish them ill will. They say crazy stuff. We're all like, well, you know, Uncle Joe, you know what happened to him? You know. It's okay. They're part of the family. But you don't give them serious responsibilities. Wow. Uncle Joe says crazy stuff, but he's still part of the family. You just don't give him serious responsibilities. Now, he used the name Joe. This was an event for Raphael Warnock, who's running for a Georgia senator, right? Why didn't he say Herschel? You know, Herschel's getting, they're giving him a hard time because he speaks like regular people speak, and sometimes he'll tell a story or two, maybe off color. He said something about wolves and werewolves, and I've, I've always found him very interesting, actually. I don't find, he's not crazy. He's certain, he's very smart. The best answer he ever gave, actually, was when they're, they're trying to, the fake news shows up. I think it's Nora O'Donnell. You know, with that big head of hair she's got, and she goes down to, um, George and says, I need to know, you must name for me one thing that Joe Biden did did well. One thing you agree with, with Joe Biden. It's like, oh boy, that's going to take me some time. 
Well, you have to do that before we go on. Hmm. Well, one thing I agree with, but he didn't do it. Unite the country. Ooh, that's a good answer, right? That's a great answer. And I think before that he says, well, <laughs> he likes ice cream. <laughs> I just was like, Herschel's great. Herschel is great. And, uh, just with, with that, uh, that's the silly stuff, but he's right on the issues. He's right on the substance. And, uh, Raphael Warnock, he ran over his wife's foot with a car. Okay. So, uh, I hear the rhinos out there. They, they actually want, a lot of them want, uh, Warnock to win because they see it as another opportunity to get Trump, to blame Trump. Oh, if it wasn't for Trump doing this, uh, we, we would have had no, no. I actually love it how Trump goes out there and campaigns for uh, candidates unlike any other ex-president. I mean, sticks his neck out, sticks his neck. Barack Obama shows up at the last minute in the private jet looking like a billionaire. You know, he's got that that sheen, you know, that that beautifully, beautifully groomed, you know, never see him sweat. He's just he's he just arrived from. You know, some exclusive resort on an exclusive plane got into an exclusive car and brought him in through the exclusive VIP entrance. He's going to leave the same way and go back to wherever the hell he, uh, wherever the hell the next party is. But he's got to clean up his act a little bit. One more time, Uncle Joe. We all know some folks in our lives who we don't wish them ill will. They say crazy stuff. We're all like, well, you know. Uncle Joe, you know what happened to him. You know, it's okay. They're part of the family. But you don't give them serious responsibilities. The serious responsibilities are for Barack Obama. He said it. He bragged about it. I'll show you tonight when he bragged to Stephen Colbert that he would be running the White House with Joe Biden officially in charge but he'd be pulling all the strings, and I do believe that's what ha- what's happening. Barack Obama is in charge of the Democrat Party, behind the scenes, and the White House, all behind the scenes. And this is dangerous stuff for us, dangerous. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, Eric Adams, is is he, is he, is he, where is he? Is he, is he at the soccer game? He's really, really wasting his life, wasting his mayoralty. He's going to look back, and he's going to regret this, especially when I beat him. Uh, at the polls. When is the election, by the way? Uh, November of 2025. That's a long time to wait. But there's a hell of a lot to do between now and then uh, for me if I'm going to pull this off. Uh, oh, I had Brandon Strzok on the show last night. He's an amazing guy. Who remembers when Donald Trump made fun of that man with disabilities? Remember? I don't remember. And he started mimicking him and making fun of that poor New York Times reporter. Well, that was all a fake news story, by the way. Donald Trump did not single out anybody because of their disabilities. Uh, but this is back when, you know, the, the mission was to stop Trump. That's never stopped, by the way. Listen to this. Got 34. The Republican frontrunner at a rally in South Carolina this week appearing to mock a journalist who is disabled. Oh, and now the poor guy, you got to see this guy. Oh, I don't know what I said. Oh, I don't remember. 
that reporter, the New York Times' is Serge Kovaleski, who has a chronic condition affecting his joints that limits flexibility in his arms. On Thanksgiving, Trump tweeting, I do not know the reporter for the New York Times or what he looks like. I was showing a person groveling to take back a statement made long ago. The New York Times saying, we're outraged that he would ridicule the physical appearance of one of our reporters. Wow. How could he do that? How could Donald Trump do such a thing? Now, I learned a long time ago not to trust the fake news. And this is in 2015. I didn't trust him then. I knew ah, that they're, they're obviously exaggerating. This is not true. This is not who President Trump is. I didn't actually do a deep dive. But some people did. And they showed how this is Donald Trump. You know, he moved his... He, when he said, ah, I don't remember. You've got to see this guy. Oh, he doesn't remember what the, the lies he wrote. I don't remember. And he p- picks up his hand and he moves it in a way such that... You know, somebody with, forgive me, cerebral palsy might move, right? So that bothered a lot of people because they believed the fake news. And one of the people who believed the fake news at the time was my friend Brandon Strzok. Have you ever heard of him? He is a, a political activist, and he has uh, started something called the Walk Away Campaign, Walk Away from the Democrat Party. Now, Brandon is uh, was about as left-wing as you can get, uh, left-wing politically, you know, his lifestyle, he was all kinds of, you know, whoa, 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 uh, just totally, totally left. And he would tell his friends, I, I can't believe this man is a monster. How can he be, how can he make, how can he make fun of somebody with disabilities? Well, somebody sent him a clip about what really happened and who Trump really is. And it changed Brandon Strzok's life. He put an amazing video out about it. This is a portion of it. Listen to this. This is about Brandon when he, well, when he was set free by the truth. And one of those truths is the fake news. They're fake. They lie. And they'll never stop. Cut 35. In 2016, I voted for Hillary Clinton. When Trump won the election, I was confused and outraged. How could half the country support someone so unfit, so unsound, and so morally objectionable? In January of 2017, I bitterly proclaimed on social media, I would never be able to understand how anyone could vote for a man who stood before a cheering crowd and mocked a reporter's disability. And that's when somebody sent me this. I mentioned the word regulated. What do you think about ISIS? Oh, ISIS is very tough. They said, Senator Cruz, what do you think of waterboarding? Oh, I don't want to talk about it. You know, he didn't He didn't want to talk about water, buddy. Written by a nice reporter. Now the poor guy, you got to see this guy. Oh, I don't know what I said. Oh, I don't remember. Doing a comical imitation of somebody getting flustered after being called out for being dishonest and mocking someone's disability is a very important distinction. To intentionally mislead the public into believing something terrible and sinister took place, something that strikes a blow straight into the heart of what we consider to be common civility and the basic standards of decency is reprehensible. To purposely invoke racism, homophobia, bigotry, and falsely assign these emotionally charged accusations to people in situations where they do not belong simply to control your thinking is criminal. Wow, Brandon Strzok, he's right. It's criminal. It's criminal what they do in a way. Right. Trying to say a non-racist like Trump is racist to try to say that an open minded, tolerant, uh, loves all people guy like uh, like him is uh, homophobic, uh, that he would make fun of somebody with disabilities when he did the opposite. It wasn't about the disability. It was about the lie. He did the same kind of physical routine when he was talking about Ted Cruz. 
Ted Cruz has no disabilities, physical or otherwise, but he did the same thing with his hands. I don't remember. Uh, that was interesting. It set him free. Does that make sense? Does everybody get it? Do you know what happened? All right. All right. Good. Uh, where's our consultant? I, what, did I scare her off or what? I don't want her coming around here with her clipboard and her notes and her questions. All right. She's not welcome. Can I get, can I, can I, can I do that? That's the policy. Does she have to, right? All right. Good. What? We got the bottom of the hour coming here. She's really going to come here? She's coming. Going to introduce you to her. Yes. Uh, uh, it's not going to work for me. I'm in a very, very delicate state emotionally. I just don't want it. I mean, uh, let me think. All right, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. All right. Friday. In honor of Rush Limbaugh, we do a few more phone calls on, uh, what do they call it? Friday phones. What a man. What a great man. We miss him. We need him. Uh, Louise in Brooklyn, yes. Oh, hi, Greg. Uh, so I just wanted to say that I was one of Trump's best first supporters. I convinced my family, everybody, my friends. But you know what? After meeting with these lowlifes, I'm done. I'm really like, and he didn't, you know, just stand up and say, you know what? I was stupid. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait, wait. After who met with the, who met with the lowlifes? If the Trump met. Oh, you're, you're, you're ready to abandon him now. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to, enough is enough for you. That's it. You're done. And, and I was All right. You know what? You know what you're doing, Louise? You're falling for a trap. It's a trap. You are you are just being manipulated by the left, by all of them. They created this reality that you're now living in. All right. You're better than that. OK, you're better than that. Kanye West, eight seconds ago, eight seconds ago, was a man who was accepted by the world's elites. Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, uh, the man on the street everywhere. 2,000 tweets, 2,000 tweets. One of them was horrific. I totally agree, and it's condemned. you got to condemn it. But eight seconds later, again, the media moved on. Kanye West is going to a soccer game. Kanye West is meeting with Kim Kardashian. Kanye West has a new girlfriend. Everybody forgot. Are you accountable for everything anybody tweeted? If you meet with them, if you have a cup of coffee with them, if you say hello to them, you're set. You're, you've been set up, Louise. And I'm furious with you and your weakness. You should. This is. I can't believe they won on this one. You can't tell it's a scam. You from Brooklyn. You're savvy. You know this. No, I, I just. I defended him with everything with the. Yeah, I know, but you're too. All right, right. You know what? You know what? He didn't. He needs you now. Now, this is an important moment. You're just gonna. You're gonna. All right, good. You go with Mike Pence. You go with Kevin McCarthy. You go with those guys. Let's see how that works out. Okay, let's see how that works out. Too many people like you out there throwing in the towel. Not brave enough. Not you. Don't have the diligence to learn what really happened here. And it was a scam and a setup. And these rhinos, this is a this is impeachment number five. And I was just talking about Russia a moment ago. You know why? You know why they want him out? All right? Because if a guy like Trump can do it, what do you need with all that governmental experience? What do you need with all these Washington connections? You don't. They have to stop him. Rush Limbaugh said it. If they if they didn't stop Trump, they reveal themselves to be completely unnecessary. So Louise 
Sorry, but uh, that's the way it is. Okay, have a great weekend. I want to go to Terry now in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Hello, Terry. Uh, hi. I uh, I happen to think that uh, Trump was set up by Kanye West. I think uh, Kanye made a decision that he was going to do anything in his power to bring down Donald Trump. His pre-meeting anti-Semitic remarks. His post-meeting, even more horrendous anti-Semitic talks, uh, I, I believe, support that theory. Absolutely. You could be right. This could all have been contrived by him. Absolutely. And the timing of it will do this on such and such a date. And the real conspiracy comes with everybody reacting and freaking out, including that rhino, especially those rhinos like Mitt Romney, giving him another opportunity to be indignant. And another, you know, Mike Pence saying that uh, shouldn't even be shouldn't even be meeting with such a person like Kanye West. What a it's all a setup. Terry, let's give Terry uh, let's give Terry Susan's number and have him call her, okay? Because Susan is uh, Susan needs some education in this matter. I'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. <sighs> With great relief, I find out that the consultant, who I thought was coming in here to do a top-to-bottom review and audit of my performance, is uh, not a consultant, but a very nice salesperson. Hello, Lisa, oh, right? Yes, yes. Welcome. Thank you so much. Very excited to be here. All right. Now, this the, the tables have turned. I mean, I thought you were going to be, because I've had that happen before, the consultants come in. And they criticize everything. Because they always knew what to do and how to do it better, right? Well, they, I mean, to justify their hiring and their existence, that's what they, that's, that mm -hmm. they have to criticize. Yes. I hate that. I will never criticize you. Well, <laughs> if it's constructive, I could take it. But let me ask you this. So your mission is to sell the show? Sell the station and the shows, yes. To, to, to. My uh, mission is to make millions of dollars for myself, which means millions and millions for the station. Wow. All right. I love that. that. That's very upfront. Yeah, millions. I, like, where else can you? It's better than the consultants because they got, a, they got a sneaky agenda. Mm -hmm. They just want to be hired, and so they they, they want to renew their own contract. Mm -hmm. And how do they do that? Well, they may have to play a lot of head games, mm -hmm. and they may have to be convince you that everything is wrong that you're doing and you need me. To fix it. All right, so that's great. So cool. You got to just go out there. You're like a, you're like a. I got to sell a hunter. A hunter. You got to go yes. out there and bring it in. We hunt. Uh, all right. Who, who hired you? When did you get hired? I my first day was on Monday. Glenn Tassinelli brought me in along with Jack Cahill. What was the job interview process like? Um, well, I worked with Glenn years ago at CBS Radio, so we knew each other. And uh, what I wanted to do, I wanted to leave television and come back to radio, my first home. Because I did work at WABC back in 2011 and 12. Uh -huh. So 
And uh, so you guys were old friends, and so it was no big deal. It was you didn't sweat it. Oh or? no, it was a big deal. I mean, I had to go through an interview process. It was nothing. It wasn't easy. Just, yeah, not and easy. What was the toughest question they asked during the interview? Uh, Where you know, do I want to be in five years? Uh, yeah, and you wanted to be a multi multi millionaire. Uh, exactly. Now, what'd you say? That's what I said. I want to be a multi multi millionaire. All right. Good. 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 Was there one question you fumbled? You got the job, so there must have been one question you were like, "Uh oh." Yeah, they always ask you, "What is your greatest? Uh, what is your the biggest area of development you need to do?" And who answers that? Who knows how to answer that? That's I mean, true. But now that crazy. you got the job, now that I got the job, what would you? I, mean, I go in twenty five directions. Please help me reel myself in. It's a good question. What is my? What is the area that I need the most development in? Um. Yeah, I could never answer that question fully. It's impossible. Can't, well, I wouldn't be that candid in, during an interview. Uh, but no, uh, it's an interesting one. All right. So, well, you got the job. Congratulations. Thank and, you. uh, what's next? Uh, um, you're going to get here. What time do you start work? I'm usually here very early, so I miss the traffic. Ooh. Yeah. yeah you so can, I'm here about 7.15. And, uh, I understand you go through the Port Authority terminal on the way home. Yes. What's it like over there these days? Better than it was about 10 years ago, but uh, I'm not a fan going to Port Authority after 8 o'clock at yeah. all. Don't like it. Even the word Port Authority, it just sounds... Yeah, it's just kind of... Oh, right. Okay. And ever since what? The 1970s when, you know, the, the young ladies would get off the bus from like Indiana and, you mm. know, the old story that mm-hmm. the guys would be waiting and... Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a negative connotation. Well, nobody's waiting for me. I believe me. What are you talking about? <laughs> hey, by the way, they they should they should change the name of that Port Authority. They should. Call it the Jackie Gleason bus station oh or something like that. Because yes. his, his picture, his uh, statue is up front. All right. Well, listen, is there anything I can do for you at all? Help me make money. When I bring you clients, sell it. <laughs> That's what you can do for me. Yeah. I, uh, I would love to. I don't know. I mean, I like, how do you, how do you sell? How do you sell it? What do you, uh, what do you do? How do you, like, you oh, gotta, you know how to do it, Greg. Come on. You know I, I, I throw, you listen to this. You buy this advertising or, uh, I break love it. this stuff. That's what you say. You love this. I, I love it. I love it. Love it. All right. Well, all right. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Very Good luck. Oh, one more question. Yes. Do you work on commission? Yes. Ooh, so that's Ooh. right, right. When you were like, that's, you have to work. You that's have why to work. You guys, quite frankly, the people in sales are always the sharpest because not that other people aren't sharp, but I think you guys are the sharpest in that, you know, you've got to get the job done. They can't, mm-hmm. they can't, you can't phone it in. No. You gotta be real. You have to. 24-7, 365. Have you met, uh, have you met Emily? The, uh, have you met Emily yet? She's yes. like the boss's boss. Yes, she's yes like the, I met the, Emily. She's, she's the boss. very nice to She's me. the boss of your boss. Yes, she was very she nice She just came me. in to look. Hi. She was great. I know Chad as well, so. Uh, that's fantastic. I don't know if any ex-employers of mine would be like, I remember that guy. Keep him the hell out of the building. I mean, that's how it is for, a, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, you leave once. It's like, goodbye. Well, radio, everybody knows everybody. It's so. a small community. It is. It's Who's the most famous person in radio you ever worked with? Howard Stern and Don Imus, rest his soul. Stern is an idol of mine. I love the guy. Tell us about uh, tell us about where was it at WNBC? He was at K Rock at the time. K Rock in the afternoon. K- he, no, in the morning. Wait a second. When he first went to K Rock, oh, was that in the was afternoon. afternoon. Yeah, I'm not that old. K Rock. Uh, <laughs> I do remember. I was in high school when he got fired by WNBC, and yes. it turned up a couple of months later at K Rock. Yes. And, uh, all right, so uh, what was it like with him and Robin and the gang? Oh, they were fantastic. Um, very, uh, very introverted. He's very shy off the air. On the air, persona is something completely different. But he was very, very good to me. He really was. The thing about it is, in some, 
he is the same. It's it's still authentic. It's not like he's playing somebody on on air, and because he's shy in real life, I think he's got a what Young said mm-hmm. to quote the great psychiatrist, a parliament of selves. Mm-hmm. There is not just one self. No. You know what I mean. So. No. His quiet side is authentic. Yes. His outrageous side is, is authentic. authentic. His artistic side is authentic. Yes, it is. Um, and I've heard other people, oh, he's totally different. No, it's, you don't understand. It's still, there's the authenticity is the constant. He did an amazing job for me for a client that just knocked it out of the park. I bought him a bottle of wine as a thank you. And he was just like, you didn't have to do this, Lisa. My God, blah, blah, blah. I go, listen, I used to sing in a wedding band. You think I want to do the Macarena when I'm sick? Stop everything. Wait a second. You sang in a wedding band? Oh, years ago. Years, years ago. Like a rock? You're like a rock thing? I was a rocker. I was in a wedding band 20 years. You got a Joan Jett vibe, by the way. A little bit. You know what I mean? A little bit. I don't know if that's good or bad, but thank you. Joan Jett. She's amazing. (laughs) She is amazing. All right, well, listen, this is going to be great, and uh, where's your office? My office is down the other end of the hallway. Okay. Do you have an office that you can... I have a cube. I, was, I got a cube, an N cube, cube though. Cube. I got yeah, an N cube. Yeah, yeah. That's, those are fine. You know yes. what I mean? Those are, those are fine. Uh, the days of closing the door of the office... Gone. They're gone. Windows, everything's everything, wide open. Everything, everything. And, you know, I like to take a nap at the office. You can't do that anymore. You can. It's just that people are going to see you do it. <laughs> No, you can. I mean, like, I, I don't. Like, it's not like I'm loafing, but I literally need to take 20 minutes to 20 to 30 minutes. Do you like, snore? Uh, I'm told I do. Oh well, then everybody can hear us. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> All right, this is going to be great. Good luck. Thank you Thank very you much. Very. Have a great weekend, and I'll deal with you people uh, in a moment. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, thank God for independent media. It's uh, it's incredible that there's so many people in America who are afraid to say anything. People in media afraid to say anything, afraid to say anything about people in power on the left. The Paul Pelosi story, folks, there's there's something that we're not being told. It's big. It's weird. And what's even weirder is the fake news is afraid to go there. Uh, I know they're fake. But still, there's some things that you just have to pursue. You have to pursue. This story does not add up. Not at all. I, I'm worried about that guy, Dave DePape. He's the alleged suspect. He's the suspect. Uh, he allegedly hit Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. Uh, the things that I that caught my attention right away, again, they said that very morning, Nancy Pelosi said, we need privacy at this time. That really was odd. And then the very confusing and evasive press conference given by the chief of police. And then the, later the chief of police starts to cry when he says how disgusting it was that this guy got his head bashed in with a hammer. I understand it's not good when anybody gets their head bashed in with a hammer. But a police chief has seen it all, done it all, and for him to get choked up about that. And now Miguel Almaguer, beautiful Miguel Almaguer from NBC News, who report – do we have this report ready to go? This guy – Comes out, obviously he's getting tips from the police department. He's a native of San Francisco. He's a major reporter at NBC News. After he reported this, he has not been seen since. He's off the air. Looks like he's been suspended. What the hell's going on? What's so dangerous about this report? Maybe because he's getting closer to the truth. Go ahead. 
Law enforcement officials tell us the bottom line here is this was a terrifying situation. We still don't know exactly what unfolded between Mr. Pelosi and the suspect for the 30 minutes they were alone inside that house before police arrived. Officials who were investigating this matter would not go into further details about these new details. Now revealing when officers responded to the high priority call, they were seemingly unaware they'd been called to the home of the Speaker of the House. After a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82-year-old did not immediately declare an emergency or try to leave his home, but instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant and away from police. Stop. That's the important part right there. That is important. That's weird. That's why the police chief was so evasive and strange. It connotes that there was not an emergency situation. It also raises the possibility of a pre-existing relationship, a possibility, I'm saying, between DePape and Pelosi. And the reporter hints at that a little bit later on. At least that's what I picked up. Keep going. It's unclear if the 82-year-old was already injured or what his mental state was, say sources. According to court documents, when the officer asked what was going on, defendant smiled and said everything's good. But instantaneously, a struggle ensued as police clearly saw David DePap strike Paul Pelosi in the head with a hammer. After tackling the suspect, officers rushed to Mr. Pelosi, who was lying in a pool of blood. What we do know is he brutally attacked Mr. Pelosi and attempted to kill him. All right. Um, what we do know, the cops limiting, it, limiting what they do know to that. And also in the report, they say uh, previously authorities had said there was no relationship between DePap and Pelosi. Previously, they said that, but they're not saying it now. Very weird. Very weird. Jason in uh, Jersey City. Hello. Hey, what's up, Greg? Hey, uh, yesterday I was working on my table saw, and you mentioned 328 Chauncey Street, and I almost cut my fingers off. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, that was a great episode. Right. Where do you live? Right. 328. Can you, you watch that episode again? I mean, Norton. I watch it every week. Norton is, I mean, he is. Ralph was right. He's a total nut. I mean, he egged on that fight. He instigated the whole thing. He gets Ralph in so much trouble. No wonder why Ralph was so steamed. It's a great episode. And um, what's the what's the little guy's name? Uh, not Harvey. Who was the little guy? The little guy. Uh, Harvey. Who was the little guy? Remember the little guy? Right. It was Harvey and uh, uh, the little bald-headed guy. I can't remember his name uh, on they... the show. Yeah, come on. George. Yeah, come on, George. Come on, George. I'm going to go home and punch the bag a little bit. I cannot believe, Greg, that that you. it makes a kind of kindred spirits. But the other thing I wanted to say was, like I told you last time we talked, I ordered your book on CD. Is there anywhere I could send it once I get it where you can autograph it for me and send it back out? You know, oh, yeah. No, no, no. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for buying it, by the way. I really appreciate it, folks. And the book hey, is listen, good. man. We got to support you. You're on our side. All right. I love it, Jason. And you know what? Somebody said today, oh, they're so angry because the book will not come before Christmas. Well, if you really want to do something along those lines, you could uh, print it up, print up the book cover, and you say it's coming January 10th. I know maybe that's not. It's January 10th is the date. But, yeah, Jason, we'll figure that out, and uh, I'll absolutely do that for you, okay? 
God bless you, Greg. Have All a good right. weekend, man. Thanks, pal. You too. Uh, how we doing? We good? We good? We good? Oh, good. Uh, plenty of time. Let's go to, uh, no, uh, where's the other? Sorry about this, everybody. Judy in Manhattan. Judy in Manhattan. Yes. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. I'll call in, in reference to the lady that's jumping ship over, uh, Trump. Um, we did have a wet, red wave. If you look at the USA Today map of the two, that 2022 election results, you will see a pretty red map of the House. And all those districts we won. We also won, because Nancy Pelosi is gone, we also won because Stacey Abrams didn't make it. Okay? So... I know. I I mean, I know. And the people on the right is just as dumbed down (laughs) as the people on the left. Well, hold on a second now. Hold on a second, Judy. Uh, I'm a conservative, and I was disappointed by Tuesday night, three weeks ago now, two weeks ago. I was disappointed. And I know, I know you can look at the silver lining here, but there are too many races that I was invested in where we didn't prevail. And I do believe it was for uh, a lot of that ballot harvesting. Arizona. Um, Pennsylvania, uh, Nevada, my friend J.R. Majewski, and you know how badly Joe Biden has been doing as president. I, th- I thought we should have won 40 seats, 50 seats, 60 seats, 70 seats. Anyway. That's because us on the right are not involved in the election. I've, I've worked the polls for 20 years. In New York City, they take um, Democrat poll workers and make them into Republican poll workers for a day because we don't have enough Republicans involved in the election. They give me a hard time when I want to go downtown and count the votes. They give me a hard time of going down there when I call to find out how I get there. Wait, they give you a hard time? They give you a hard time because they know you lean right because you're conservative? Yes. Yep. Yep, you're right about, I mean, yes, they control the machinery. They control the machinery. And I don't know if that's going to change between now and 2024. I'm not, that's why I said earlier, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm really kind of concerned. I'm, I'm not going to, I, we got to be real here. I don't know if we can change that in two years. Do you? Yes, if we get involved. I mean, if you're not there to see the cheating, what you going to do about it? Yeah. Well, they're not going to let me in no matter what. <laughs> I, if you're a Republican because they don't have enough Democrats, it's supposed to be a balance. So if more Republicans would volunteer or work because you can't work and get paid and they pay good money. Hmm. If more Republicans volunteer, they will have to kick the Democrat out. I like it, Judy. Way for you. I like it. Uh, you're right, and uh, the interesting insight, by the way, about their giving you the the machinery, giving Republicans a hard time who want to work and volunteer their time. Judy, thank you. Let's try Natalie and uh, Satakit. Hey there again. Hello. Hi, Greg. How are you? I'm calling to get you to maybe inform me, educate me. Uh, I'd like to know what you think about these chiefs that are leaving, in, three or four of them in droves this year from NYPD. Uh, Do you feel they're being pushed out? Uh, are they being 
they can't be getting fired. You can't just fire somebody. They are getting but pushed out. They're getting pushed out. It's tantamount to being fired. They're saying you got to leave or else uh, what will happen to them or else they'll be demoted to captain. They could be. They're protected in part by the civil service laws. They'll lose their stars and they'll have to become captains again, the highest rank in the civil service. Look, they're being pushed out. They're being pushed out by Eric Adams and they're being pushed out because they are white. And here's my proof. Eric Adams has a major chip on his shoulder when it comes to the NYPD and white people. Cut 27, please. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers ass, man. I was unbelievable. Now, that was in 2019 before he had any power. Now he's got power. You think he's going <laughs> to... What, what do you think of God, uh, the mentality that says something like that in public? What are they going to do when they actually have power? I can't, it's 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 It's... It's predictable, but it's also insane at the same time. He's firing people based on race, Natalie. It's as simple as that. And and how discouraging is that? Because if you, first of all, I don't understand how somebody like him can say something like that. Nobody canceled him. Nobody canceled him. Now he's a mayor. And then, you know, what about, what does this mean for the rank and file? What does this mean for my son who's white and who's a cop? What am I supposed to think? Yeah, keep going. I got to tell you, if I, I mean, if I had time, I would tell you my son's story. But God, God really meant for this boy to be a cop, and he loves what he does. But unfortunately, the past two weeks, I can't even think about it without crying. Because when I think of him, the day of his graduation, that boy, that young man, that was the happiest day of his life, as well as mine. I, I couldn't have been prouder. And the job, he wanted to do this job long before I ever knew it. And now, that job is not that job anymore. And it's not going to come back. We think it, people say, oh, no, things are cyclical. And no, it's not going to come back. We now have a governor in place for another four years at least, at least, who has no interest in backing the cops. All she cares about is the criminals. So, okay, four years from now, you think she's not going to run again? And the same stupid people who vote, I'm sorry to say that, who voted her in after seeing what's going on with the crime, and, and the, they still voted for her. So do you really think this is going to turn around? I don't. I think it's, gosh, it's Friday and you just depressed the hell out of me, <laughs> Natalie, but you're you're speaking a lot of truth. You are. I can't help it. And you know what, though? You know what, though? I think God can do anything. We've got to do our part. I'm not just sitting down. I'm seriously contemplating a run for mayor. Uh, the truth can only be suppressed for so long. I wish your son all the best. Please give him a pat on the back for me. Uh, don't get too discouraged, Natalie. Uh, oh, and Barbara, give Natalie a very quick uh, shout out if you could. Barbara always has a give us a give us something. Oh shoot! All right, I'm so sorry. We're out of time. Bedtime management on my part. I'll fix this tonight at ten o'clock on the Newsmax Show. Bye bye. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.